Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got some great stories, and our first one of the days by HHHHHD5. This is the priority. A bit of malicious compliance against my awful boss. Some background without giving too many details in case one of my coworkers sees this. I've been working as the marketing director for a very small company for the past year or so. This job started out nice enough, but it quickly went downhill when we had about 10 of our 35 full-time staff members quit over the span of a few months. They all left for various reasons relating to the awful bosses who I would call Stacy's poor management tactics and her team's attitude. The staffing issue became my issue when I was forced to pick up the slack for everyone who had left. I was being asked to do a number of miscellaneous tasks, some of which I was nowhere near qualified for, all of which took away from my time to do my actual job of marketing. Despite this, Stacy would consistently make a fuss over certain marketing objectives not being completed when she wanted. I would always explain to her that because she delegated me to do specific work elsewhere, I had no time to do the marketing projects we had brainstormed. She of course never listened. As time went on, we lost 5 more staff members including our secretary. I was moved to cover her position at the front desk full time for 5 weeks, during which I couldn't get any of my actual job doing marketing done. All of my projects came to a standstill and we even lost touch with one of our vendors who I had been working with. The minute I was able to return to my own office, Stacy and her team were hounding me for marketing materials that, in their minds, should have been done by now. But I explained to them that as I essentially had a different job for the last five weeks, I wasn't allowed any time to work on them. I was beyond frustrated at this point and began looking for other jobs. About two weeks ago, I got an offer for a much better company and handed in my notice to Stacy. Stacy was flustered and asked me before I leave to finish a list of projects that she kept putting off. Specifically, she wanted a project, Project A, that she had repeatedly pushed to the back burner since December to be done. I was the only one who could do this project and she knew it and she desperately wanted it done before I left, since its completion meant she could put off hiring my replacement for a while. In our meeting, she told me specifically that Project A was the priority, and I was to do no other work until it was completed. Okay, cue malicious compliance. One of the other reasons why it would sometimes take so long to get certain marketing projects done is because they required Stacy and her team's input and approval. This was mostly for design-related projects. I would make an initial design, get their input of what looked good, change the design, and then wait for them to approve it before sending it off to a printing or manufacturing company. All of this happened over email, and no matter how many reminders I would send Stacy, she would always drag her feet in responding. It could sometimes take an entire week to do what should have taken maybe three hours. I mentioned this problem to Stacy before, and she again never listened. Well, guess what this final project she wanted me to complete was? A design project. 
and guess who has spent the last week and a half dragging her feet to respond to my emails about it? Stacy. Now, I could have been working on the other items on the laundry list of work she wanted me to do while I waited for Project A's approval. However, since she explicitly told me Project A was the priority, not a single thing on her list got done. The best part is there is not enough time for me to fully complete Project A now since she took too long to respond. I'll be handing off to her all the design files, most of which she can't even open since she doesn't have the right software, and then leaving on Tuesday. After that, not my problem. If you found yourself working for a boss like this who always dragged their feet to the point where it was tanking work and putting off work for so long, on your way out, would you let them continue to drag their feet and happily let them sleep in the bed they made? Or would you want to try to be productive and just help out where you could before you actually left? Let me know how you would feel in the comments down below. Our next story is from NurseCat815. Want me to only be the nurse? Okay, find someone else to work as a DSP. So this happened just recently. I work in a group home and we have DSPs, those not familiar, direct support professional, caregivers. I'm a nurse there. I'll give some chain of command and title explanations first. The hiring manager is also the manager of the house managers, so I'll call them the boss. The administrator is the main boss, so I'll call them the grand boss. Bottom of the totem pole is DSP, then coordinator, house manager, boss, and then grand boss. Additionally, nurse to charge nurse to grand boss. Okay, now that we have that, I'll share my malicious compliance. I went to have a conversation with boss and grand boss about a medication issue at a house. That conversation led to a somewhat heated conversation about a different house that boss is the temporary house manager of. Boss is angry at several of us because a coordinator quit recently and boss feels we, nursing and another staff, ran them off. Said coordinator was not following any of the things they were taught when they were trained. Mostly on my part, doctor's orders regarding nutrition and exercise, as well as several other things. They were awful and gaslighting us and regular staff trying to control every aspect, not working as part of the team, etc. Since boss can't really punish the rest of the staff they're angry with, they're targeting and punishing, trying to at least, me. During the conversation, boss tells me to stay in my lane, do the nursing role and nothing else. I said okay, fine, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you only want me to be the nurse, then do not ask me to be a DSP. That's not my role it's in my scope of practice to do. I won't be picking up shifts. We are severely short-staffed, and all of us have been working in houses as DSPs. Because of this and a few other things, none of us are now. Fallout, boss whose salary and doesn't get overtime, now has to work extra shifts, including this weekend that the rest of us were willing to work as well as doing their own job with no extra pay. Bonus? Grandboss never said a word during this whole thing, just sat back and listened. However, the next day, I stopped to apologize for getting so upset. I was so angry I cried, and they stopped me, gave me a hug, which totally shocked me, and told me I was a good nurse and did a good job and cared for my client. However, I did have a few things I could work on. I agreed, we all have things to work on. Either Grandboss is genuine or is terrified I will leave and I'll have to find another nurse. I'm leaning more towards the latter, he's usually not that nice. Anyhow, they lost having four staff that would pick up empty shifts and are just standing back to watch the fallout of Boss's actions. 
I mean, what can you really expect? People quit bad managers, not bad jobs. So you're going to come in here and you're going to just be wrongly upset at all these people. You're going to come in and complain. Well, all these people who are getting flamed for no reason aren't going to do any extra work. They're not going to be motivated to help out. Performance and morale are sure to tank when you do something like that as a boss. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has great stories, like our next one from Forever Unhinged 3, only use company provided software? No problem. Many years ago, I was a kitchen manager for a very popular restaurant concept. My location was fairly busy, and there were a lot of office-related tasks, including placing food orders twice a week. Over the years, I developed a spreadsheet to make the ordering process faster and ensure that when I was on vacation, proper food levels were maintained. After six years and multiple praises from higher-ups about efficiency, we got a new district manager. This person came in and was very by-the-book. Everything had to be done as per company policy, and we could not deviate. One day, the district manager noticed I was using my spreadsheet to calculate my food order for the week. I was told it wasn't company-sanctioned and I couldn't use it. I explained that it saved me two hours each time and that I used that time to help others. That did not sit well with the district manager, and I was told to stop using it immediately. The district manager asked the general manager if I had any other shortcuts that were unauthorized. Because the GM wanted to stay on the DM's good side, they spilled the beans on all of my non-compliant methods I used. Now, I was no longer allowed to use any of the time-saving tools I created. Cue malicious compliance. As I was no longer allowed to use these tools, I emailed them to myself and added a password to lock them down on the work computer. No longer usable. But I added a bit of extra to the spreadsheet to make it self-destruct if someone attempted to hack the file. The self-destruct would delete the contents of the file along with the contents of my personal folder. Time to get a new job. I gave six weeks notice and was greeted by the district manager the next day. I was asked to turn in my keys and was promptly fired. Two days later, it was order day. The GM called me and asked for the password to the spreadsheet I could not use. Since no one but me knew how to order without the spreadsheet, they were panicking. I promptly told the GM that I was unable to help and if they wanted the password, the district manager would have to call me personally and ask. That never happened. I got multiple calls and texts from the GM, other managers, and even a DM from another district. They even called my wife. They tried to guess the password, and on the third try, even with a warning prompt, the program worked perfectly. All the contents of my personal file were permanently deleted and the spreadsheet deleted its contents and saved itself with no contents. Now there was nothing I could do. They were warned. Multiple missed calls after that. I found out later that the GM had to spend four hours doing the food order and had to pay a late fee for ordering late. The DM was demoted three months later. I like to think it started with me, but I'm sure there were other factors. I'm going to be honest, this district manager probably got demoted after three months, probably because all the stores in their district started performing way worse when they got a crackdown going on. All these workers find efficient, totally functional shortcuts, and they come in here stomping it all down saying, no, 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 you gotta do it by the book. Well, no surprise, efficiency is going to drop. 
and people who relied on these good working shortcuts are going to have to relearn the arbitrary old by-the-book methods. And our final story of the day is by Weeks. A good fundraiser would have ignored his orders. Background, a couple years back, I was working as a fundraiser on a political campaign. At the time, it was just me and the campaign manager, we'll call him Brian. I'd been hired as a deputy director for their finance team, the number two. It took months before Brian was able to hire a main fundraiser for the team. During that time, I'd been running the entire fundraising program by myself. While there were bumps along the road, we were quite successful and exceeding our goals. Despite this, Brian would constantly remind me of my inexperience. He claimed I couldn't have good instincts because I didn't have enough years in the game. QR story, political fundraising is a high-stress job, especially at the end of the quarter before you have to report how much your campaign has raised. The day before the end of quarter is a crunch to raise as much money as possible. I suggested that I would use that time to call previous donors to ask if they would consider matching their donation from the last election cycle. Brian responded to my suggestion with a sarcastic, Obviously that's what we're going to do. Whatever, Brian. He prints a list of the previous donors with donation amounts. He told me to start from the beginning and work my way through the list. But here's the thing. Brian printed the list in alphabetical order. I told him I was going to reprint the list in order of highest to lowest money amount. This way, we could maximize getting more money in a short amount of time. There were many names on the list that had donated between $250 to $500, but for whatever reason, the first 50 plus people had donated more like $1 to $50. Brian hated when I made suggestions after he had done all the work to set something up. I explained it would only take me a few minutes to reorganize the list on Excel and or I'd be happy to call out of order to larger donors first. Brian explained he was the boss, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was to call the list the way he suggested. I clarified that he wanted me to call these people in alphabetical order, yes? Alrighty then. I started making calls. I called well over 100 people that day, mostly voicemails, and out of the people who did donate, no one's donation had exceeded over $100. At the end of the day, Brian checked in and saw I raised a whopping $340. We could have easily have raised three to 5000 had we prioritized differently. He was pissed. When he asked why I hadn't called this or that $500 donor, I explained that I was following his specific orders. He yelled at me, claiming that a good fundraiser would have ignored his orders and done what was best for the team. After a week of blaming me for sabotaging the campaign on purpose, remember, we had already exceeded our goal, I quit and got a better job. When they eventually hired a finance director, she quit a month into the job. The campaign died out shortly after, no doubt because of Brian's horrible leadership. I think it's pretty clear and pretty fair to say that in every way, Brian was the one that sunk this ship. You know they're a bad campaign manager when they print out a donor list and tell you to call via alphabetical order and not just by potential highest money making and then after complain that you didn't just ignore their orders and go rogue anyways. Are you the campaign manager or not, Brian? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to see another malicious compliance story that was even crazier than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, click on the right. 
But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.